following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We are getting centered on some truths. Uh, and I loved the, the picture that the Lord gave Luke this morning as it relates to what the Lord's doing in this. It just affirms kind of the, what we're going after together in, in being able to be certain about some things. We've talked about the reality that we can sometimes begin to build a belief system around what we're uncertain about. And that the Lord's inviting us to build on what we are certain of in him and to step into the truth of some of that. I think for some of us, it's a little bit like getting back to home, getting back to a place that we feel familiar. Um, Some have felt like these last two, two and a half years have been somewhat disorienting with everything that has gone on. And sometimes it's this place of getting back to home. you probably don't know, but I don't have a particularly good sense of direction. Um, I mean, I think I'm okay to lead a church. I have a good sense of direction for that. Uh, but, but when it comes to driving, I don't have a particularly good sense of direction. And things like, well, are you going east? When my husband asked me on the phone, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going east. And then, of course, he follows it up with, well, where is the sun? I don't know. What does that have to do with anything? So... Um, but but here's, here's my example of kind of coming back to home. Uh, I nannied for a family in, this was right out of high school, I nannied for a family um, in Brooklyn Park. And so I always knew that I got, I lived in Elk River, and I, I knew that I got there by taking Highway 10 and then 610, that was the route that I took. And so one day, I was nannying for the family, and they wanted me to take the kids to the Mall of America. It was relatively new at the time. It was a long time ago. And um, I knew that you get to the Mall of America by taking 494. And I had no idea how to get from over here in Brooklyn Park, where I take 10 to get to that place, over to here, where 494 is. So I drove all the way back to Elk River where 10 meets 101, which gets to 94, which gets to 494. So if you know anything about what it's like here in Minnesota, that, was, that probably made the trip three times longer. Um, but part of it for me, and here's where it actually matters to the sermon today, is that I had to get back to a place I knew. I had to get back to a place I knew that I, I, okay, I know I can get there if I can just get back to this place that I know. And I feel like for some of us, that's what the Lord's doing in this I am certain time. He's reminding us of a, a place that we know, because where we're going, we need to have this, this home in us. I think another thing that the Lord's doing for some of us, he's making us certain of something we've never really been certain of. That we've maybe been walking in our life with the Lord, but there are some things we've just never really known in in our, it's never been solidified in us. 
And we've kind of looked at it as these, these pillars that, that he's saying, I, I need to be able to build on this, so this needs to be solidified. So whether the Lord's bringing you back to this, this place that you know and this, so that we can move forward, or whether he's actually making you certain of some things for the first time, I know that what he's doing is building a kind of faith in us that's going to go the distance. He's building something in us, that, that kind of faith that is the substance of things unseen. And I know that that is a work of the Spirit. So anything that we bring in the Word really is... You know, this morning when, when Dave spoke the Word out of Romans 8, the Word carried with it a Spirit that ushers us into faith to believe that Word. And so that's what we're after as we look at these things together because if we have a broken or flawed or uncertain picture of who God is, our life in him is flawed and, and uncertain. And so that's why we need to step into the fullness of this. So we've looked at, initially, Pastor Bob uh, talked about the certainty of the goodness of God, just the reality of a good God, regardless of what I'm seeing around me. Um, we've been talking a lot about this certainness, a certainty of God's love. Not, you know, like just God is love. And that his love is aimed at the world. That, that he has, that love is a choice that he's made for those of us that inhabit, that he's created. And um, that we, are, we can be certain of that, of his love for the world. We talked about how he doesn't just love like an emotion, but he is love. And that he's the source and the definition of that love. For, for God, love is not a feeling that comes and goes. Love is like who he is, but it's also a choice that he's made. And once he's decided, you're not going to undecide for him. <laughs> So we can have a certainty of his love for us. We can have a certainty of his love for, for people around us that don't yet understand his love. You know, the difference between me and an, an unbeliever is not that God loves me and not them, right? The difference is, is that I know that he loves me and I've received it. I've responded to it. And we need to be certain of that as we're walking throughout a world and as things are happening around us that we just go, I can't believe what's happening and what people are doing. And we can be certain that he loves them. They just haven't come into the revelation of it yet and they haven't responded to that love. We talked about the certainty that the way he loves is through Jesus. That, that when we want to put God's love on display, it's by presenting Jesus, because that's how he chose to love. So that's the way he loves. Through Jesus is also the way we respond to his love, is by responding to that invitation to come into Christ, to believe that, that he died for our sins, that he died for more than our sins. He died so we could come into this reality of God's love for us, this certainty of his love. And that's partly what we're going to talk about this morning. So that's what I want to talk about today, is when we, when we talk about stepping into the certainty of his love through Jesus, 
a lot of times we focus that discussion on being set free from the penalty of sin, being set free from the power of sin in our lives, which is huge. That's a huge part of it. But we need to also recognize that there was something more that happened in that, and that is we got to step into being children of God. That, that is as prevalent in the New Testament, this revelation of being able to come into this adoptive love. In Ephesians 1, 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. First of all, let's not blow past that verse. Who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This love that he invites us into is kind of, it's described as this adoptive love. It's, and it's, Adoptive because we need to recognize that not only does, is he the God that he initiates love, but he initiates a love that transforms us and that gives us an identity. And that's, that's this place of certainty. It's not even so much that we would be certain that God has the emotion of love towards us, but it's this certainty that God has given us a new identity that we can step into, and part of that identity is being fully loved. But what we hear in this verse is that he wanted us before we were ever born, before we ever did anything to deserve that love. That's where the song this morning comes. There's no striving in this. There's no earning. There's no having to be worthy of his love because he's already predestined us to be adopted. He's already said, I want them. And that's what this, this whole thing of, of coming into the love of God through Christ, because for the first time, because of what Jesus did, we were now available and able to respond to this adoptive love. We can sometimes look at what happened in the garden, the whole thing with the fall, and, and we, can, we can look at it and say um, that, that Adam and Eve sinned and then God was like, oh, I can't even look at you. You have to go. Like this separation because of our sin. And there's an aspect of that. But we need to recognize when, when we even look at the story, God didn't change in his interactions with Adam and Eve. They sinned. And the very next thing we see is God is there just like he always was to walk with them in the cool of the day. And he said, where are you? Where are you? It wasn't God. He didn't come rumbling into the garden and slam the door. There probably weren't doors because they were naked. Who needs doors? But, but you know, he didn't, he didn't come. He, he said, where are you? I'm here to be with you just like I've always been here to be with you. And sometimes we think that the whole thing of sin was about how God sees us. But the reality was what caused the separation was that 
when they partook in the knowledge of good and evil, it changed how they saw themselves. It changed how they saw themselves in comparison to God. And shame came into the picture. And so when the man and, the, and his wife heard the sound of God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, like he always had, that was my paraphrase. That wasn't in the Bible. I just want to make sure you... Anyway. And they hid from the Lord among the trees, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. When the knowledge of good and evil came in, it changed the way that they responded to him. It changed the way, it, it all of a sudden uncovered the lack in them. They became aware of the lack that they had. And shame entered the picture. And now God knew we can, we can no longer have this relationship of intimacy, not, not because God is repulsed and I just can't even look at you, but because they can, no longer, they can no longer just be loved. They can no longer just, just come to him and, and have that freedom and, and to be fully seen and fully known and to feel fully loved. And from that point forward, that's what God was after. That's what, what he was trying to re-establish re and reconcile was that this ability for us to be fully known, fully seen, and yet fully loved. It's a, it's a little bit of a tweak in the way that we look at it. Because I really did picture it like God's like, ew, I can't be by you anymore. No. Adam and Eve went, we can't be by you anymore. Because now we have this shame and now we're covering ourselves from you. The fall didn't change the way God saw us. It changed the way we saw God and the way that we saw ourselves and each other. But he had a plan to bring us back to that union. It's like, part of me goes, well, couldn't you just like erase their memories and put it back the way it was? No, because they made a choice. And he valued that choice. But he says, I'm making a choice too. I'm finding a way back to that place. I've already chosen that no matter what you do, I'm going to find a way to be with you and to have unity with you. And that's, that's what we see in the story of his word is that's what God's about. That's what he's doing. So we see this place of, of in the New Testament over and over again where it's, it's described as an adoption story. <laughs> it's described as because they stepped out of the fathering of this perfect God by believing the father of lies. <laughs> and, and now God says, well, I want you back. And I think we need to, again, remember, because it helps us when we have come into the family, we have come into knowing the father, it helps us to stay out of that place of feeling like we have to earn, like we have to um, prove ourselves, like we have to be worthy when we remember it all started with us not being worthy, with us not doing anything to earn that, that he wanted us before we 
could even do anything for him. This is, this is the picture that we have when we walk through adoption in the natural. This understanding. We, we, um, we knew that, that Olivia was coming. <laughs> and before she was even available for adoption, we wanted to be there. <laughs> So we headed down to Mississippi where, where she was about to be born. And it reminds me of the heart of God that's saying, I'm here, I want you, I'm waiting for you, I love you. That was where we were at. We just wanted to be there. We knew we may not even go home with her because she wasn't really truly available yet. <laughs> But we just knew we wanted there not to be one moment where somebody wasn't saying, I'm here, I want you. And that's the heart of God. That's the heart that God had for you. That's the heart that God has for those that, that don't know. I'm here, I want you, I love you. Before you can do anything to earn that, We need to remember that because we come into this place where we begin to feel like now I can do things for God and that quickly becomes now I have to do things for God. <laughs> now I have to earn that. I have to be worthy of that. But there's this place of understanding. Do you know that in our adoption process all the hoops were ours? <laughs> None of them were hers. We had to prove that we could, you know, we had to go through the home studies and the, we had to prove that we could provide. We had to prove, but and a, a child doesn't have to prove a thing. We had to prove the kind of parents we were going to be and When, when we went to court and when it was legally um, like ratified, this adoption, all of the commitment came from us. There was no commitment asked from her. All of it was from us. And it's the same with the adoption from our Father God. The strength of the relationship is for the person that's adopting. <laughs> it's, I have set my love on you, and there's nothing you have to do to earn that. And everything, that was part of the commitment, everything that I have is available to you. This is the picture of the love of God for us. He, he's the one who paid the price. He's the one who, it's the strength of his love that keeps that relationship intact. And so we want to stay in that place of knowing we've been adopted, that he, I didn't choose him, he chose me. And he's not waiting to love me until I'm worthy of it. He's not withholding anything from me. If, if there's any separation between all that he wants to give me 
And what I actually am walking in right now, it has to do with how I view it. I have to choose to respond to the fullness of his love. As adopted sons and daughters, we get to choose if we're going to respond to the fullness of the love he wants to give us. So we want to come into that place of certainty of knowing that we've been chosen. And part of it is because we have to know it so that we can now be the messengers of that. He has, he's called us into that role for us, our job right now, when we leave this place, is to walk around going, he's here, he wants you, he loves you. That's what these birthday cards are doing, that they're sending into the prisons. How many? Almost 5,000 this year, in a year. They're saying, he's here, he wants you, he loves you. These, that, that's our, it says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We, we implore you on behalf of Christ, respond to his love. But how do we do that if we don't know that in ourselves or if we don't believe it for ourselves, if we're not certain of it in ourselves? And we can say, I don't know, I don't feel the love of God right now. I don't feel it. I, there's this going on and there's that going on. I don't, I don't feel the love of God right now. Well... <laughs> Your spirit is meant to take you somewhere that your emotions won't. <laughs> In Romans 8, 14 through 15, or 16 and 17, we might read it all, let's see. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. That was the work of the Spirit this morning during worship, testifying to our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If I'm only certain of this when I feel it, that's going to be a problem. We need to, there needs to be a certainty that we come to in this. And it's, it comes by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. It's interesting. Oh, it's interesting to me. How, um, how much the enemy has tried to erode the concept of fathering on the earth. And I think a huge part of it has to do with this, that there is a certainty that we need to have of God as father. We're going to dive into that a little bit more of what, what that means 
um, to be able to respond to God as our Father. And, and just how revolutionary that was to even be able to call him that. We'll look at that next week. But in the meantime, I want us to allow the Spirit to do the work of bearing witness with us that we have been fully loved before we had anything to offer. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, or see, what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. We need to value that aspect. We, we need to see his love for us in that and have a certainty in that, that nothing can separate us from that. Amen? So this morning... Whether you know, you've already stepped into that reality, I know that I'm a child of God, but you need a deeper revelation of what that means. Or whether you've never really stepped into that. You've never really responded to that invitation. Maybe you've even responded to the invitation to have your sins forgiven to have your sins wiped away because that, that resonated with you. You've responded to the invitation because you go, I, I want to be able to be in heaven. And, and you realize the reality of our sin separating us from being able to come into that in eternal life. But maybe you never responded to the love of the Father in that. That you never responded to the reality that part of what came through Jesus was that I get to be a child of God. This morning, I want us just to have an opportunity to say yes to that. If we could just stand. And let's pray together as we close. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the work that you do to testify on the inside of us to our place as sons and daughters, to testify to this adoptive love that chose us before we were ever worthy. And we just choose to respond to that this morning with an invitation of our own for you to come and, and to uh, solidify that in us. The reality of this adoptive love, the reality of your complete and total affection for us, the reality of not having to strive or work for it. We want to step into the fullness of that. We want to come back to that place of home, that place of knowing, that place of certainty. We just invite you to reveal it to us throughout the week as we meditate even on some of the scriptures that were spoken this morning. You do the part that we can't do and make that real. Reveal it to us from the inside out. We say yes 
to your invitation to uh, be adopted. <laughs> we say yes, that as you offer all that is yours to us, we want to offer all that is ours to you. And we thank you for that revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.